0: On podcast 1763, Germany hits 1 million EVs, VW factories in America, and range anxiety myths. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Trying a new thing so you know when to expect a show. We go live at 5 p.m. UK. That's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Saturday, 4th of March. Happy weekend. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Yesterday's podcast, I mentioned that at the Tesla investor call, they said that the Supercharger V4 version 4 were going in the ground. In Europe. But surely, that would have been all over the internet. Well, I put a call out, and indeed, the first person to spot them going in was a very well-known electric vehicle YouTuber, social media person, Electric Felix. And uh, I was on the Inside EVs podcast yesterday, uh, Misko Electric, very kindly. She saw that a couple of hours before we were recording. She put me onto that post. It's a, a brilliant video that he made in the Netherlands. Now, it's behind some fencing, undercovers... Uh but these units the v four superchargers are a lot taller. I'd say the guys working on them uh, looked like uh, sort of reasonably tall guys, maybe six foot a couple of meters tall and and they were towering i would say another few centimeters above their heads so these units are much bigger than what you think of a Tesla supercharger that therefore the cables don't get rooted on the inside they go around the outside still very very I think the cable routing of Tesla's superchargers is the best ever because they needed to make them just to charge Teslas and their ports are all in the same place on the car so no long gangly cables uh, with silly things and springs and things you got to yank around third-party ones. So the cables are longer, but still look pretty elegant. The internal design, well, he didn't want to get too close in this YouTube video because the Tesla engineers were working on it. And the, the women and the men who uh, had the back panel off and working on them, installing them... Um, I think he kept a respectful distance, which is, I think, what I would have done as well. You know, you sort of see TikTokers and YouTubers and social, they sort of get up in people's faces, and I feel really awkward um, when I see that. I don't like the modern media. I don't like people. They haven't got a right to do that. These Tesla employees are doing their job. So Felix kept a a respectful distance, gave us a bit of commentary on it as well. In the Netherlands, next to a big, um, oh, I've forgotten, I think Fastned, third-party station, uh, that's going to be huge. If these V4s are open for... All and with these longer cables, you think they would be non-Tesla charges as well. That's great. We think 1,000 volt systems, not 500 volt, uh, and that means that when a, uh, a high-voltage car like a Taycan, an Audi e-tron GT, uh, any of the EGMP cars like the Hyundai's, the Kias, the Genesis's that have an 800 volt system. Um, Lucid's they're in uh, they're in the UK. That's a story for tomorrow because Lucid turned up in Norway. And those high voltage cars, when they plug into those high voltage chargers and say "gimme lots of volts," uh, no longer do the, do the chargers say "I can't give you as much as you want." Therefore, it sort of goes down to maybe fifty or a hundred kilowatts for the, the the onboard boost charge. It, they'll get the full juice they can. So does that also hint that Teslas will go from a four hundred? Actually, 300 when they're empty, volt system. Two and 800 volt or more. Is the Cybertruck a 1,000 volt system? We don't know, but brilliant. Thank you very much for that clarification. Those V4s are going in the ground. Um, I think the station was called Hardvik. I, I probably mispronounced that. Sorry to my Dutch listeners. And... If you want to have a look, I'll pop a link in the show notes. You can watch Electric Felix's. I'll pop a link to Electric that I think links through to uh, Felix's YouTube video. Make sure you follow him online as well. Always on the road and talking um, EV stuff. Fascinating person to um, follow, like so many people in the EV space. Germany just surpassed 1 million registered, purely electric cars. That's huge, according to the KBA, the Federal Motor Transport Authority. It was a weak January, but the EV market share rose to 15.7%. And the number of EVs registered in Germany on the 1st of January 2023 was technically 1013000 and. 9 the milestone was not unexpected we knew it was coming uh, back in october it was 840,000 on this podcast we did a little bit of speculation and uh, looked ahead and we thought it was going to be sometime around now, uh, but we didn't know that it was the end of December. That's even sooner uh, than I realised. In 2022, 618,000 EVs were registered in Germany. That was a 100% increase on the previous year. With continued growth in EV registrations in Germany, the country's well on its way to achieving their goal of 10 million EVs by 2030. Norway, of course, has been the standout star for electric vehicles for so long. And in February, had a 90.1 share of the new car market being EV. The figure is up from 86% year on year and driven by the growth of full electric vehicles. They do, of course, have plug-in hybrids in Norway, but it's full BEVs um, which were driving the growth. Best-selling vehicle in Norway last month was the Model Y in February Look, at combustion vehicle sales continues to decline due to tax policies, which are discouraging sales in Norway, Uh, the combined share falling to 4.4%. And that is going to continue. We think by 2025, there'll just be a handful of edge cases where people need to buy a combustion car in Norway. And you know what? I'm not bothered about those. People think this is some sort of evangelical podcast that's going to hit everyone over the head and say, you must drive an EV. Hey, drive what you want. I don't care. But there'll be a point where the job's done, and that's it. And if you want to go out and buy a diesel car, then good luck filling it. Good luck, uh, you you know, in in 15 years' time. Good luck insuring it. All those kind of things. But if that's your hobby, then go fill your boots. Now, other cars doing well in Norway uh, were the Neo EL7. Hmm, a large luxury SUV. The Ionic 6 is on sale in Norway now, based on the same platform as things like the Ionic 5 and Kiri V6, etc. Let's go down under. EV sales in Australia hit a new high with a record share of 6.8%. No, yeah, I know it's no Norway, but this is Australia we're talking about. For a long time, very resistant. Fingers in ears. La, la, la. Can't hear you, mate. No, no bloody EVs down here. Apart from the fans of this podcast, of course, the people who do want to drive EV. Uh, I'm talking about the policymakers and the politicians. But now, a much more friendly atmosphere and environment to electric vehicles uh, politically uh, in Australia. The sales dominated by Tesla with 60% of the market. And the uh, last month in February also saw the entry of some new EV offerings like the Hyundai Arnic 6 and a significant milestone for EV uptake across the country, demonstrating an appetite among Australians that when the vehicles arrive in the country, they tend to sell out pretty quickly. Aussies want to drive EVs. Now, in China, Tesla sold 74,500 China-made electric vehicles Inside China last month in February, according to the China Passenger Car Association, a big increase on the previous year when it was four and a half thousand. Of course, year on year, you always get into um, the situation where you've got to remember what was the factory doing a year ago? Uh, Were there any kind of lockdowns? Were there supply chain issues? The Model Y was the most popular vehicle the Chinese Tesla fans were buying with 40,000 units sold. uh, Model 3, 33,000. Tesla sales in China have been increasing steadily since they began production in 2019. They have up months and down months. Uh, But generally, the trajectory there is uh, really impressive. And their big competitor, BYD, announcing a big rise in their EV sales as well. If you look at last year as a whole in 2022, BYD sales increased 120%, selling uh, 600,000 units in 2022. Of course, a different market to Tesla, some cheaper cars on BYD's roster, but uh, they are continuing to expand their product line, offering a range of EVs from small city cars to buses and heavy-duty trucks as well, expanding their global presence, opening new facilities in Europe and South America as well. Volkswagen, considering plans for new factories in North America. Yesterday morning, I saw the news reported that VW supervisory board was set to meet yesterday on Friday to discuss plans for two new factories in North America, according to two sources familiar with the matter. One factory production... One factory, battery cells. And while the board was expected to approve a site for the Scout brand in the US, discussions around the Gigafactory for cells was open-ended. Reviving the Scout brand is a big part of the VW goal uh, for their 10% market share in the US. They've been searching for a site to build battery cells. Meanwhile, uh, in North America, Canada's been considered as a very logical option because of raw material access. Then later in the day, yesterday, VW did confirm they will, they announced, construct a new assembly plan in Blythewood, Blythewood, South Carolina, for their Scout brand, Scout Motors. The $2 billion facility will build, pick up, All electric pickups and SUVs beginning in 2026, 4,000 jobs coming to the area and an annual run rate of 200,000 vehicles exclusively for the Scout brand. This is going to be huge news over coming years when the rest of the world catches up with this news. The Scout Motors brand um, coming back because of VW building out their management teams in the US for an increased market share. The brand will use a new EV platform designed by the parent company in Germany. Volkswagen Group has taken great pains to keep the Scout Motors brand separate from its existing VW of America corporate structure so that VW and Audi dealers. Um, can do their thing and Scout vehicles will be retailed I think differently. VW expected to announce the details of a battery plant as well. We think Canada is very likely. Large impact on their operations in one of their big markets as well. The automaker has long term plans to integrate their battery manufacturing globally through their battery company, their in-house battery company. A reminder, that's called Power Co. The new facilities offer huge potential according to the finance chief of VW and the move comes after Joe Biden's uh, $400 billion clean energy incentive plan, which made the EV market way more attractive to build vehicles and cells in the US, in North America, or countries with a free trade agreement. Coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk about Ford tripling production and why U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg showed up in Kentucky. Those stories and more on the way. By the way, if you want to remove the ads from this podcast, you too can be like all of the Patreon supporters. And if you like supporting podcasts and the work that we do on this kind of thing, uh, you can do that via the Patreon page. No pressure. This podcast will always be free. But if you do, $5, $10 a month, many people pay more, um, you can remove the ads, get your own exclusive ad-free feed, And you can do that by clicking on the link in the show notes. Back in a sec. Righty o then let's talk Rivian announcing the R1S, the SUV with a max pack battery. 390 miles of range, all-wheel drive, dual motor, released this autumn, or sorry, the fall, I should say, isn't it? An American company. A significant improvement over the current um, version of the R1S, which can do 321 miles, the 390 miles coming from the Max Pack battery. Very impressive performance. 3.5 seconds, 0 to 60. In what is a very big SUV, although maybe not by American standards, is big by my standards. Uh, it'll be positioned in the upper end of the range, of course, starting at least $90,000, if not more. And I think the R1S is what I would have. I don't need a truck. There's no trucks here anyway. Uh, but that would be so cool to have an R1S with 400 miles of range, all-wheel drive. Holy bazookas. Let's hope I win the lottery. Now, Ford is tripling production of the F-150 this year, and despite the recent production pause caused by that battery issue that briefly stopped production, they fixed it now and will resume on March 13th, making the F-150 Lightning. Ford hopes to build 150,000 Lightnings annually by the end of next year. No, by the end of this year, sorry. Additionally, uh, the production of other popular models, including the Mustang Mach-E and the E-Transit, will also be ramped up uh, to meet high demand. The plans come as no surprise. Ford aims to sell as many vehicles as possible this year, like all car makers, and the company's increasing their production of the Mackie by 67%, uh, taking an annual manufacturing rate to 210,000 vehicles a year by the end of the year, adding more workers to their Kansas City assembly plant with a transit van uh, and the, the electric transit is made. Ford didn't announce specific plans to increase production of the other popular models in the brand, so, really focusing there on their electric offerings. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg visited the Blue Oval SK plant in Kentucky yesterday to underscore the significance of EV manufacturing jobs. That plant is a joint venture between Ford and SK On, and they'll begin production in 2025. 5,000 new well-paid jobs um, in that facility and right in the middle of the country, positioning Kentucky ahead of others in the global race for high-tech jobs. Each production plant uh, from Blue Oval, SK, uh, will employ, uh, there's two of them, 2,500 people each in each one, and that will help Ford get to their annual target of 2 million EVs annually, every year, by 2026. Uh, Mr Buttigieg thanked Ford and SK's leadership, noting the impact of these jobs to any area that wants to bring EV or battery jobs to their state. Because, you know, not everyone. Some states are a bit reluctant. Uh, Some don't like EVs. What what, what are you doing with those crazy newfangled electric vehicles? Don't you bring them near us? Which is, uh, every state's right, I guess. But the ones that have embraced electric vehicles are seeing some real benefits. Moving on, Mercedes-Benz begins building a new battery recycling factory in southern Germany with Chinese partners CATL and uh, GEM, or GEM. I I haven't heard of them, uh, to promote sustainable production of EV batteries and recycling at the end of their life. The recycling will be carried out in China, and they will take out the raw materials, the cobalt, nickel, lithium, uh, refine them further so they become even more pure, even better, for the next generation of EV batteries. A closed-loop system that 95% of the raw materials means they'll be recovered and end up in the next EV that you buy. This initiative aligns with Mercedes-Benz sustainability goals. And of course, all the car makers have uh, a focus on reducing environmental impact. And that is a very good thing because you can't pretend that building a piece of engineering that's 2 or 3 tons is good for the planet. I mean, we all want nice cars, we want to drive where we want to go, when we want to get there, and we'd like to do it in EVs because it's zero emissions at the tailpipe, but let's not walk around pretending that big engineering products, or projects like this uh, where a couple of tons of metal sits on your driveway often not being used for most of the day is good for the planet, but all of these schemes are really well uh, thought out and very welcome. A couple of more stories to leave you with for Saturday. And according to a report by the International Council on Clean Transportation, EVs in the US are being driven further per trip than ever before, equaling the distance travelled by combustion cars. The study analysed data from a variety of sources and found the average trip length for an EV was 73 miles, up from an average of 24 miles 10 years ago. The average trip length for a plug-in hybrid was 50 miles compared to 13 miles 10 years ago. Drivers are becoming more comfortable with the range of their EVs, taking longer trips, they say. The study found the public charging infrastructure playing a crucial role in enabling longer EV trips. The number of public charging stations in the US growing significantly in recent years. So uh, closing that gap between people saying, well, I'd have an EV, but I like to go long distances, uh, pretty much the average the average distance driven by combustion and EV, pure EV, which is 73 miles on average. I'm not saying some people don't want to do 1,000 miles a day towing a horse box with their 10 kids in the back. Not in the horse box, in the car, you know what I mean. Um, there's edge cases, and that's fine. And those people will often turn up on, you know, Facebook, saying, oh, EVs are never going to work because I can't drive 1,000 miles towing a horse box with my kids in the back. Although these people probably would put their 10 kids in the horse box. Uh, they uh, leave them, Leave them to diesel. Leave them. Don't argue with them. These people just want to fight on the internet. Leave them. (laughs) For the rest of us, we're loving our EVs. And finally, a phrase I never use. You may not notice, but I never use the phrase range anxiety. and I never have because I hate it. Because you know what? If you don't put petrol in your car, it breaks down. And so people go, oh, well, EVs will never work because electricity runs out. No, Sherlock. Cause you know what, petrol runs out as well. So I never use the phrase. What do we call it? Petrol anxiety. Oh, you bought yourself a new diesel. Oh, you got diesel anxiety. Oh, have you? Oh, what if it runs out of diesel? So that's. I never use that phrase. No, no, no one ever notices what they don't notice. But think oh okay oh, i haven't heard him mention that because it's it's a common thing in the EV world to use that phrase and now a new study pointing out that EVs have come so far with improvements in range and infrastructure that buyers s- still think that range anxiety is a thing that they'll run out of power before they get to where they're going but a recent article in Ars Technica that i found uh, shows that range anxiety just doesn't exist Anymore. It's a relic of the past. As they say, get in the bin. That phrase should be destined to the past. Modern EVs that offer two, three, four hundred miles of range or more is more than enough for everyone's driving needs. And the growth of reliable charging, yes, it could be better in places, has solved the recharging issue. This article notes the range anxiety isn't unique to EVs because gas-powered vehicles have limitations as well because they're not infinite, a single tank of fuel. But over the last hundred years... We've been mentally trained to become accustomed to refueling at gas stations. And it just takes a little while to retrain our brains and go, oh, I need to refill an EV at some point. Okay. Customers still hesitant to make the switch to EV. Um, Just need to think about the benefits. Lower fuel consumption, lower maintenance costs, better environmental benefits, zero emissions driving, cheaper to drive, more fun to drive. And as long as I'm not saying there are parts of... The world that don't have great DC fast charging infrastructure. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we're there yet. We're not perfect. But that phrase, according to Ars Technica, is one that can officially get in the bin. And that's your podcast. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from the EV Review. Woohoo! <laughs> mess messed that one up. Derek Riley from the EV Review Ireland YouTube channel. <laughs> Octopus Electric Universe. They do global public charging and make it simple with one app and one map. And Least Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one until tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.